previously on Film Code. Nick's late code word turned out in Nathan's favor as he was able to crack the code. Ready, I'm ready, go for it. Go okay, for okay, it. okay, ready? I'm gonna say three, two, one. You turn your phones around, you show what, what your answer is on, on screen. All right, ready? This is something new for Film Code. All right, ready? <laughs> three, two, one, flip your screens around. Let's see the, let's see your answer. Oh, Phoenix was wrong. Nathan was correct. Really? Really? One of the most controversial best picture winners of all time. So just for our audio listeners, uh, what are are our picks? Uh, I picked Aaron Brockovich. Uh, Nathan chose Crash. Crash was the winner. Boo. (laughs) I'm in the lead, baby. This week, it's Nathan's turn with a brand new code word. My code word was murder. Uh, The first clue was that it was from 2003 to 2009. Uh, The second clue was the lead in this film has won Best Actor at the Oscars. We love Oscars here. Um, And the main co-star is the lead in a movie that appears on my top eight favorite films. With a little bit more research on their way, will the guys be able to crack this difficult code word? Plus, the guys review the brand new horror thriller on Netflix, His House. This is my house! This is my house! This is my house! My house! You don't wonder what it tells me. It says I should be afraid of you. And a return to the spinning wheel as they finish off the final films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All that and more on this week's episode of Film Code. everybody welcome to film code episode 25 26 25 25 i don't know i'm 26. just a guest host I, I it's, know it's, it's 26 we did 25 last week because i i don't remember that but <laughs> i'm so super excited to be back guys uh we got a fun show today uh first off i'm phoenix cloudman i'm here with the awesome guys who officially co-host <laughs> this show so uh please welcome back the ceo of hallmark christmas movies mr nick spain nick how are you sir i am good mm-hmm. update hallmark christmas movies i have watched five out of 40 Woo! So grinding away love it all right and we cannot do this show without the CEO of Hot Takes himself, Mr. Nathan Pig. Nathan, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thanks. Um, might have to revoke that name after <laughs> after today's discussion, but nonetheless, I'm glad to be back. No, glad to one be... discussion doesn't change. <laughs> glad to be an official an official host now after being on here for its entire right runtime. But, but thank you for that. Um, absolutely we're good we're good looking forward to to mank here in a couple weeks and yeah it's gonna be fun all right so 
in between the time, we uh, we got a lot of movies to talk about today. Um, so this week, uh, Netflix dropped a new uh, Netflix original. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Netflix dropped a new uh, original movie, or, or is, I believe they purchased this one, uh, one of the two. But uh, it is called yeah. No, actually. Purchase. No, Netflix probably made it. Oh, okay. Well, it is called His House, uh, directed by Remy Weeks. Uh, I believe it was a brand new director uh, on the scene. So this is his first film. And so uh, we all got a chance to watch it. And we'll kick off with initial thoughts. I'll start. Um, I actually rather enjoyed this movie. Uh it's a bit of a slow burn, um, but I think what it does and what it talks about is very important. The 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 trials and journeys of of immigrants and the ghosts that follow them. I really think they did a really interesting uh, job with that story and just how they painted it into a horror uh, feature. I think was pretty pretty fantastic. So. I do have some issues with it overall, but I think at the end of the day, it was a decent movie and I enjoyed it and I would probably watch it again. So Nathan, what about you? Yes. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Phoenix. I, <laughs> I was, ex- I was expecting this to be fun. You know, it has a three, five on letterbox, which is like hall of fame worthy for 2020 releases. Mm-hmm. So hall of fame. <laughs> I was expecting this to be pretty good. One of my friends had watched this and he said he really enjoyed it. Um, and I was in the mood for a horror movie. Um, <laughs> and what I got was just a collection of no story, throwing jump scares at the screen. And I, I don't think this was written well at all. When you think of poor, or when you think of just horror movies in general, you think of cheap gag jump scares, you think of building tension just for nothing and dark shots and things like that. And this is exactly what I thought it would be um, as far as a, not exactly what I thought it would be as far as like good scores and everything. This is exactly what poor horror movies are. And I didn't like it. They just went all in for the scares that didn't make sense. I did not care about their immigrant storyline because I didn't even know the characters names. I didn't care about the characters whatsoever. They weren't compelling to me. So therefore, when they were in these ghost situations, I could not care less. Um, This just felt like a very cheap horror movie to me. I disagree. And I'll tell you you why in a minute. But go ahead, Nick. Uh, What was your first impression? I was going to say, I agree with Nathan's surpriser. (laughs) I I hated this movie. To be be frank, I absolutely hated this movie. This is in my bottom five, maybe even bottom three of the year. Um, I'm not going to give spoilers on, on what my rating is, but you can probably figure it out. If you look at my letterbox, <laughs> I hated, hated this movie. I literally, there was like 45 minutes left and I was like, I paused it. I went to the bathroom. And I was like, should I stop this right now? Should I stop <laughs> this right now? Because I know it's not going to get any better. And with 15 minutes left, I really was like, I, I just need to stop this. I just need to stop this, but I just kept plugging on. So what a waste of an hour and a half. Luckily I have my phone to entertain myself while that shit show is going on. 
Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Vastly different impressions. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. What? Okay, so you, Nathan, you said that you didn't really know the characters' names. Uh, Correct. The guy's name was Bull. His wife's I, name was Rial. I, I see his name was Bull I, now that I looked I, up the cast. Yeah. Uh, so I, I only watched, heard her say his name once. Yeah, so I watch all of my movies regardless of uh, uh, language. I watch all of my movies with subtitles. So that's that's pretty much how I know mm-hmm. it. Like, they, um, they didn't really... <laughs> introduce each other like i think they say each other's name like 20 minutes into the movie um but <laughs> but um that's one thing you know what i'm saying you know subtitles will fix that that's fine uh, i mean i shouldn't have to rely on subtitles to know a character's name no that, and i get that but um that that to me wasn't an issue but uh okay the immigrant story, I think, is the pivotal, uh, not the pivotal, but the central argument, uh, the central story at the heart of this horror is that we're talking about the trauma and tragedy that immigrants go through to, to even leave their countries, and then the displacement they feel when they get to a new country. I think that was the central element of this story, and then put and then you take that and you put a horror aspect on top of it. I think that's what they were going for. And um, and I'll and I'll give you I'll give you that it wasn't executed to perfection, but I, 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 seeing what they were going for, I I, I admired the ambition. Mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I completely disagree. I it just felt like it. Uh, it really reminded me of Get Out in a certain sense where the premise is pretty similar of like going to a house and you don't expect it and things like that. Um, I'm not saying these two are completely linked or anything like that because no. obviously Get Out is brilliant and this is shit. But <laughs> this is in the same universe. But um, as far as the stories they were trying to tell, I felt like there were some similarities. And where Get Out is smart and mm-hmm. the jump scares make sense and it's mm-hmm. more of a psychological thriller, mm-hmm. this was like, oh, he's reaching in a wooden panel. Oh, there's someone behind him. <laughs> oh, now it's gone. Like, it just, none of the scares made sense to me. I get it. They're immigrants. They've had a hard life. That is a compelling story for anyone to watch, to listen to. But just because they have some demons because of their past doesn't literally mean their demons are physically haunting them. And when you turn off the lights to go to bed at night, the demon's standing there, gonna kill you. No, I mean that's a witch. It it it's a witch. I, I don't I don't care. That's how little I care. Like it's I did not care for this whatsoever. And I felt like what they were going for, they completely missed the mark. Yeah, I did I not agree. think I don't know. Go you go ahead. I don't I don't know if either of you have seen this movie, but this is very similar to a movie that I watched over the summer called Relic, um, oh, another yeah. 2020 film. Basically, Relic was this, like, basically the same shit, except just, like, a different storyline. And I think I'm fine with the whole, like, immigrants trying to find their way in a new country. I'm good with that. 
do that as a normal ass story don't Mm. don't have to throw all this horror onto it don't have to throw all these witches and demons and people in my wall and people like reaching into my arm and doing some weird stuff i like i don't need to see all that horror stuff just make it like a normal ass drama about people moving to a country i agree Uh, because because if if it's if you're going for if you're going from the approach of oh these because of their history these witches and demons and haunting stuff follows them then what does the physical house or apartment have to do with it couldn't they have gone and lived in a mansion and been haunted? Mm-hmm. Could they have lived in a sewer and been haunted? Mm-hmm. Could they have lived in a box and been haunted? Could they have lived in my house and been haunted? Because that's mm-hmm. the, then his house is irrelevant if they're just going to get haunted anywhere. Also, another thing that pisses me off is that you don't know what's real and what's not. I hate that. Like, it's, it's, so, really? it's so cheap. Really? It's so cheap. Really? I'm thinking of ending things? Okay. Oh no! Don't even go there, Phoenix. No, Phoenix. Really? This is not the, it's not the same thing. It's not because literally, like this. This is what's different about it. Because literally, you see some wallpaper come off the wall, mm-hmm. and some shit come out of the wall, and you like stick your hand in there, like Nathan said, and then it's not there. But then a giant ass hole in your lit in your kitchen <laughs> that some monster came out of. You're telling me that's real? No, no. It just it just was such a cheap play. Okay, okay. I just I just want to say, like I said, there were elements that I feel like they missed. Like I feel like it was a lot of hits and a lot of misses throughout this movie. Uh, you're right. You're right. One hundred percent. Like some some things are real. You know what I'm saying? There's the holes in the wall, and then there's all these demons, and then this, and then two seconds later they're all gone. Yada yada. So is it is it in their minds? Is it a physical, actual manifestation? And they play with that a little bit too much. And I do agree that that's messy and that's sloppy. And that can definitely detract from the film. However, I I disagree with everything else you guys have said. No. I feel like I feel like the story was genuine. I feel like the horror was genuine. Um, that you know, saying just that displacement that you know dysphoria of not knowing where you are where you belong trying to assimilate and meanwhile your spouse refuses to you know just having all of these I think the story itself was the strong point the horror was the weak point and so every time they added horror to it it didn't really work but I I, again I, I saw what they were going for so I admired it but I think, I don't know. I just think they went for the cheap parts of horror rather than trying to actually get towards psychological thrillers and, you know what I'm saying, just in that vein. So it was like, you had this dramatic story which could be very much psychological and and then you have these horror elements that are very much like your your classic, I don't know what you would call it, like paranormal, I guess. And it just, it didn't really mesh, mesh well together. But again, I saw what they were going for. So I, I admired the attempt. See, and Phoenix, what you just said about like, oh, an immigrant story and they're struggling to adapt to a new life and mm-hmm. find a life for themselves. That sounds so much more interesting than what we got. <laughs> and yeah, really. that actually sounds like a compelling drama about, mm-hmm 
a couple that can't get along and is just trying to make a life for themselves. That sounds fine. That sounds great. Sign me up right now. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, we're being haunted. No. No. Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't care for that at all. I think the haunting part, like again, this is where I say this is where they they messed up, right? Because I feel like the haunting part was meant to be psychological and and mostly metaphorical. It was meant to be the ghosts of everything that they were escaping that were haunting them. And I think you see that in the final shot when they're in they're in the house and you see all those people around them, yeah, all those ghosts around them, and that's basically everything that they left behind the sheer fact that they were survivors i feel like this is survivor's guilt that's what that's what basically was haunting them was survivor's guilt all of these people whom they wanted to help and and all all of them whom i'm assuming were friends family who didn't make it but they did that that's what was haunting them and again if that were metaphorical instead of actually like a physical manifestation i think it would have been a little bit better but, so then what the hell does the physical house have to do with it? Nothing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the title of the movie doesn't even make sense. And I, it's not even his house. I think it was meant to be it's, subversive. It's the government's house. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We but are see, and just, just to nail this point home, ready? Mm. This is the story. This is the storyline. A refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan but they struggled to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil working beneath the surface. You just cut the, the second half of that after that has an evil working and you just say adjust to their new life in English town. That's a great movie. That sounds like but a even, great movie. Even, even the evil lurking sounds fine if they took a different approach. Like maybe like the town they moved to doesn't want them uh-huh. because they're super preppy or they just don't like immigrants because they're racist or I don't know. Even that sounds way better than, Oh no, we're being haunted for absolutely no reason. (laughs) Yeah, really. And it's kind of like taking a situation that like a bunch of people go through on a daily basis that, you know, is hard for a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of people want to start their new life and being like, yeah, let's make a horror movie out of this. It's like Mm -hmm. having somebody homeless and like making a horror movie out of that. It's kind of like, yeah, I, 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 it just, it kind of just has a bad, a bad feel to it for me. I feel like they're just like taking advantage of this situation. It's like, mm. I, I truly don't understand how people like this movie. <laughs> Calling out the people who, who like this movie. This literally has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes to show you how dumb wow. Rotten Tomatoes is. Which is crazy because <laughs> some movies have like a 90, like because Good Will Hunting has a, is like a has, 98. And this has yeah. a 100. <laughs> Sign, sign me up for Rotten Tomatoes because I'm going to go wreck some stuff. But literally, it has a 6.4 on IMDb, which I think is more reliable than Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 3.5 on IndieWire. Like, tell me, how does this have a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? But no. getting back to it. I feel well, like they're just taking advantage of a underprivileged situation. Like, I just don't think it's right in this. Like I said, make a drama out of it. Make it, like, a really emotional storyline show more of them trying to escape like i think they just completely just did the wrong thing when it comes to this and nick i want to i want to touch on that too i think you bring up a, a fantastic point they're taking a subject that so many people struggle with 
and suffer from and families suffer from. And there are people that are going to watch this and say, I know people that are in this similar situation and it's traumatic and it's scary. And they're just, they're making money off it. It's literally like a kid. It's having so many tragic situations. You can have a kid whose parents die in childbirth and then the dad gets shot on his way out of the hospital and then, Oh, let's make the kid have a horror story. Or, you know, exactly what you said, a homeless man. Oh, let's take this homeless man and make him a horror movie. Like you're taking such a, a subject that real people struggle with and that's supposed to be sad. And you're just like, oh, let's make it horrifying. Yeah. Well, and also, like, I always like to turn it to something that, you know, we relate to more is like we don't live in the UK. Right. We live in the US. And something that the US struggles with is immigrants from central america mexico what if it was uh, a mexican family or a central american family that was moving to the u.s and like struggling through this horror like i think people would be like hello this this isn't like a right story to tell like <laughs> yeah. it just this is something that's just not what you're trying to do it seemed so insensitive is what it was mm-hmm. and netflix really should be this should be talked about more that netflix made such an insensitive movie but no one's going to talk about it because they're like yay it's 2020 and we like horror okay okay i gotta speak to that point uh i think you are right in the fact that they are taking this very real uh emotional and and definitely traumatic uh experience and i wouldn't i wouldn't say that they're cheapening it but definitely they're not putting enough uh no, I can't even say that. Okay. As I see what you guys are saying. I see what you guys are saying. And again, I'm going to have to disagree. <laughs> I'm just, What's new? I'm just saying, uh, okay. So like one of my favorite movies uh, of all time, truthfully, one of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called uh, Tales from the Hood. And it's a horror, black horror movie that deals with Police brutality, domestic violence, uh, uh, God, what's the other one? Uh, gang violence, all of these things that are very real in, in black communities, but it's a horror movie. Like all of these things, you know, have horror elements. So the police brutality, they beat a man to death. That man comes back as a zombie and it kills all the police officers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that- that's. That's different. Yeah, that it's, is, it's different. That it's is different. like an that is like an empowerment Powering. message, like a get back at the people that wronged you. There are right. plenty of movies like that. This yeah. isn't like that. It, this isn't like that. But like in the in the vein that like they're taking something that's very, um, you know, personal, and and adding a horror element to it. That's where they're similar. I agree that the horror element part is not done the best like <laughs> it's not done the best but i don't know i, I was I think, say, and I, I think if the horror was done a different way it we would be having a different conversation yeah. i think just the way that they approached the horror and tried to lay out the story it devalued the the story of of these immigrants i i think there, there should have been more flashbacks like mm-hmm. instead of like doing some weird is it real is it not like like okay did she so, actually stab him with a screwdriver like yeah. do we just ignore that did he actually have some demon reach into his arm like yeah. 
Like, okay. is, did, did that happen? Like, did that happen? I don't okay. know. I, I feel like it did. And again, that's where... Then you, that, your that, arm would be dead. Your yeah, arm that, would be that, done. That, that, that's where the, 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 metaf- the metaphor and, and the reality are, are jumbled and it's not great. But that, speaking of that, flashbacks. That final flashback where she, when she leaves, uh, I guess, guess we're in spoilers since we've been talking this long. But that final flashback when she leaves and, uh, you know, we get the full story, you know, of their journey in South Sudan and how they escaped and what they had to do to, in order to do it, um, I think is probably one of the best scenes in the movie because it's... Yeah, you it don't re- need much to do that. <laughs> it reveals yeah, really. exactly, like their the trauma of it all and and exactly why it it i feel like the the ghosts are haunting them because they did something that they should not have done now i'll agree while i do think it's one of the best scenes in the film and i think it's done really really well i think it could have been stronger if it were pieced in throughout the movie rather than all thrown in together at the end but i still think it works and i think there is a lot of really great great imagery in this movie despite having some weird cgi and visual effects i think there's some really great imagery in this movie just in that in that scene alone where you know is she's having this flashback you know with all the women in there and you know detailing their escape i just think they do some really really great imagery and again the metaphor and the reality sort of overlap in several scenes, but like there's a scene where he's uh, supposedly eating in the kitchen with her and then it turns into the sea and, you know, he's being haunted by all these demons that were, I guess, people whom they left behind. Again, great imagery. It's just the metaphor and the reality are not blending as well as they should. Well, totally unrelated. (laughs) <laughs> my, my real question is if this was happening in real life and mm-hmm. you're like sitting across the dinner table like what would this look like are you just eating with somebody and they're just like <laughs> and then they just like go into this or are they like oh, yeah really <laughs> like what's going on there but no like I, I do agree like there there's good imaging like i think some of the directing was fine um but that's that's pretty much all the good things I have to say about. It. Um, yeah, and I just I didn't care for the script at all. I didn't care for like when she was talking with all the women. They were like, "Bring him to me." Like what? <laughs> and I just I I was mentally checked out at that point. Right. So I didn't really care. But I was definitely like, "What is going on?" Um, yeah, I I thought the horror was cheap. I thought there was no real storyline except for their, you know, um, them being immigrants, which I thought was the strongest part. Never cared for the characters whatsoever. If the dude got his arm cut off or bit off or his head bit off, I couldn't care less. Um, I think they did a poor job establishing characters and they just sold out for jump scares. (laughs) Oh man, so while I do agree agree that the drama and the horror were not balanced uh, appropriately, I still thought the acting was strong. I thought the direction was was solid. 
I love the imagery. I think there was some great imagery in this movie. And I enjoyed the overarching story of just displacement and assimilation and, you know, just how hard that is. It's like so much so that you have a character wanting to return to a war-torn country over assimilating to other people. Would he be haunted in the war-torn country since where he gets haunted doesn't matter? Uh, I, I guess. I guess so. I guess it doesn't matter. But <laughs> but overall, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I I could see myself watching this again. It's It's a solid movie despite some initial not initial some 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 damaging flaws but i i think you could as if i'm looking at the screenwriter i'm looking at the director i i could say you made some mistakes here but there's definitely room for improvement so let's for improvement there's a lot of room for improvement (laughs) like this whole there's all the room for improvement so i totally agree so let's give it final scores nathan kick us off where where's his house ranked for you i'm going with a low c plus that's a two and a half and for those of you who have heard me just absolutely shit on this movie and wonder why i give it a c plus remember this isn't school this isn't grade school c pluses are not good that's a bad grade so um it definitely could have been worse i'm not quite as negative on it as nick is uh, I still think it's just one of the worst scripts I've seen in 2020, which is absolutely saying something, wow. um, but it could be worse. Nick, so, what about you? C plus for me. Well, <laughs> um, I have to get, let me, let me see what my grade system is real quick. Um, this is a, a one star, which is a D minus. Um, hot take, even though I'm not the CEO. Uh, this this is this is worse than Emma. This is worse than the hunt. This rivals wow. Artemis Fowl bad. Wow. <laughs> okay. If you ask me which one I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch the kissing booth too than watch this shit. Jesus. Yeah, and y'all so. call me the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh well. I am actually going to go three and a half stars. Uh, I think this is appropriate for the movie. Like I said, so many good things. And I feel like the good things outweigh the bad in this movie. The, um, the, the flaws are there, unquestionable. There's no way you could look at this and say this is a five-star movie, I think. So for me, there's enough good stuff between the acting, the directing, the imagery that you could you could feasibly give this three and a half stars. Anywhere between three and three and a half stars. So for me, it's three and a half. It's I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I think they did a good job. So alcohol required on next watch. <laughs> Lots of alcohol yeah. required. I'm just gonna get sloshed. <laughs> All right. This is an alcohol required viewing. I hey. You know what? I got some right now, so maybe I'm drunk. All right. <laughs> so we got to move on, guys, uh, to what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. 
since you guys obviously <laughs> did not have a good time with that, I'm really curious to know what was good for you this week. Nick, what a, why don't you kick us off? Sweet. So um, I've been doing a lot of reading. I showed Nathan pre-show this book, How Thick It Is. Oh, wow. Um, and that's 11-22-63. It was actually a Hulu show starring uh, George McKay, 1917 star. Mm-hmm. and um james franco it's on hulu um i saw it a while ago but if the movie's good i hope the show's good or if the book's good i hope the show's good so that's my what's good since i haven't watched anything relevant this week. <laughs> all right nathan what about you yeah i'm gonna recommend this movie called the gift no I'm, I'm oh just my kidding. god <laughs> I'm just kidding. What, for the second for the third time <laughs> right that's that's why i was kidding um, no, I'm going to recommend a show, and um, that show is Fargo. Nick and I started oh, the this show. show. Yes, nice. the show Fargo. Really, only one episode in, but the first episode was fantastic. So check back in to see uh, how the status of that show is going. It's probably just going to go off a cliff after that. <laughs> You're going to recommend it, and then it's just going to go off a cliff. Yeah, that, that I wouldn't be surprised. I got to watch the movie first before I actually check out the show, but I'm interested in that. Um, okay, doke. So for me, what's good this week? Oh, excuse me. Ooh, is a movie that I finally, finally, finally watched. And you can all shame Rejoice. me, shame me forever. But I finally saw the first Mission Impossible. Uh, and I got to say, while I thought it was good, it was also really terrible. <laughs> like, like I was really happy with it because I'd finally seen it. But like, it's it's kind of it's kind of cheesy. Like it's it like I mean it was done in '96. You know, spy technology movies hadn't been really perfected as well. The tension was kind of all over the place, sort of predictable. They gave away the plot like 40 minutes in, so I was like, okay, but. Seeing Tom Cruise do crazy stunts is always great. Uh, I thought the acting was solid. I thought the the action was pretty good. I, I'll live for anything that Ving Rhames does. So I was super excited with it. And I was just super happy to check that off my list. So finally getting to see Mission Impossible was, was a highlight for me this week. So that's what's good for me. What's good, what's good, what's good? got a large discussion to get to and we are finally finishing the mcu wheel super excited nathan how many movies do we have left on the mcu wheel there are 10 10 really nine nine okay (laughs) all right so we are applying up i gotta figure out how to remove after Hold on one second. Uh, Phoenix, throw out a bad take while I'm doing this. <laughs> I don't have any of those. Anyway, <laughs> no. Uh, so we've done the MCU will uh, two times now. Uh, we basically, there's 23 films in the MCU, so it's hard to talk about just one. So we decided we're going to put them in a wheel, spin it, 
see which one comes up and we'll discuss that movie. Um, so we've gotten through now, what is that, 14 MCU movies? I feel like we got through more, but we'll see. 14 MCU movies, and we're down to the final nine. And I'm excited to talk about them because there's a lot of our favorites in here. So, Nathan? A lot of your favorites. What? Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I will kick us off, and I'm spinning. Can you show us the wheel? Yes. But we landed on Avengers Endgame, so... Wow, really? Yes. So, Nick, why don't you kick us off? Fun. Um, so, this was a movie that I watched, what, opening night, which was crazy. That feels like forever ago. It was. Um, it feels like forever ago, but Endgame, I've watched it a couple times, um, definitely an emotional movie especially towards the end um i feel like it's the one spoiler that everybody's just like okay with sharing um (laughs) not as good as infinity war but still very good up there phoenix uh i too saw this opening night i think i've said this before uh way too late because i was dead tired by the time i finally left the theater um Saw it twice on opening night. Loved it. Loved twice. it both times. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Um, me personally, this is the best MCU movie of all. And I mean no. that. I mean that. Uh, only because I feel like you've never seen this done before. An entire, uh, I guess you would call it saga of 22 films wrapped up in one film, I think is ridiculous. I think they do it incredibly well. I I love everything about this movie. I love the slow parts. I love the the not so good parts. I love the cringe parts. I love all the fan service. This, This to me is the epic of the MCU. It probably won't ever be topped in my opinion. So yeah, number one in my, in my mind is yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think the fan service was fantastic. Uh, that the third act is unmatched, wonderful. I wish the first hour and a half actually meant more and mattered more, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it's a very good movie. Obviously, you know, it's it's iconic. It's got some great moments, and it's nice to watch an MCU movie that actually means something. Um, and you'll understand what I mean when we get some of these other movies you know characters (laughs) actually die um things actually matter there's real stakes uh unlike some of these other movies which you know I'm sure we'll talk about so um we did a whole episode on Avengers Endgame a few months back however you're listening to this right now go ahead and check that out for more of our thoughts on Endgame all right we are spinning <laughs> you start us off this time. Oh man! So we are talking Captain America: Civil War, which is really Avengers three and a half, I guess you could call it. 
but Cap Civil War, I think the, it, I hate to be this late, but I think it's the first movie in the MCU where I was like, I should really start paying attention to the MCU. Like, I feel like it's, it's very late in the game, but it was Civil War where I was like, I was watching trailer reactions. It was the first time like I, I, I went out and actually bought comic books so I could read up on the story. Uh, so I, I was officially in the MCU with this movie. Um, I, w- I went in Team Cap all the way. I came out Team Iron Man. <laughs> uh, but I love this movie. I love just, I love what they did because I read the comics and the story in the comics is totally different from the story in the movies. And that, But I still love what they did, how they took that story and transformed it for this movie and basically raising the stakes uh, with these characters because you have, you've had all of these world ending, you know, uh, battles, but the biggest battle will be within each other, you know what I'm saying? And, and how they fall apart and then have to come back together. So I feel like this is a very pivotal moment in the MCU. It features one of the greatest fight scenes ever that in that airport scene. I think is insane. Uh, and I also like, I think if it's for the first time that you see both Spider-Man and Black Panther in the MCU, Black Panther's introduction is so good, like de- deliciously good in this movie. Um, Spider-Man's great in it. I just dig it. I think more people remember this movie for the airport scene than anything else. But overall, I love I love Civil War. It's one of my favorite top definitely top 10 MCU movies. Um, top 10? I, More yeah. like top 5. I think I might get some slack for this comment. I think this movie is better than Endgame. Um, I think it's a perfect movie. Um, I love everything about this. I think this was uh, unmatched as far as what they were able to do. Phoenix talked about Endgame last time being like the first of its kind. I think this totally was two great character introductions, like you mentioned, Phoenix. And just making this story so compelling and interesting. Um, this movie means a lot to me. It's one of my favorite movies. So I love this. I think there's only one movie better in the MC that's better than this one. And we'll talk about that at some point today. Nick? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, this is definitely a top five. Um, I don't have like a concise list because I haven't been able to to watch all the MCU movies on my letterbox. Maybe that's something that I'll get around to next year. But yeah, this is fantastic. Phoenix hit on a lot of the points that I was going to talk about. The, the Black Panther, Spider-Man, obviously the airport scene is one of the best in the MCU. Um, I love how it has real tie-ins to the world. It doesn't seem too distant. Um, a lot of times these superhero movies seem very distant because they obviously have superheroes in them and you know, <laughs> aliens and, and stuff like that. But when you can talk about um, politics and, you know, um, you know, what, whatever you want to call it um, and not pull a, what's the original Star Wars called? An episode one of Star Wars where it's just a <laughs> snooze fest. Um then I think you're doing a good job. So I think 
this is this is a great film and it sets up a lot. The stakes are great. Um, so yeah, so probably a top five MCU film once I get around to watching them all. All right. All righty. We are spinning. I'm going to start because um, <laughs> I watched this most recently. I would guess most recently. Um, I know there's a, a group of people out there that absolutely adore this movie. They think it's top 10, top 5 MCU. Uh, I think you guys are crazy. <laughs> I think this movie is trash. Um, a lot of people just absolutely adore this movie, think it's the most underrated MCU. I think it's horrible. Um, I, I hate this movie, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, they did the cheap trick of like, oh, you think this is the bad guy? No, yeah. that's just a drunk idiot. Here's the real bad guy. You know, they did they did the stupid thing that they did in The Incredibles. They did in, gosh, uh, I can't think off the top of my head, but there's so many movies where you have a character that idolizes the hero, loves them, gets dissed by the hero, and then becomes the villain. It happens in The Incredibles. It happens in countless other films that I'm struggling to think of at the moment. I'm sick of that plot line, and it was so stupid. Um, I just I, I despise this movie. I really do. Um, it, there's more issues that, that I just won't get into right now. But um, Phoenix, go ahead. Uh, just to clarify, he is. we are talking about Iron Man 3, which... Uh, is I think universally should be universally considered the worst Iron Man movie of the bunch. Oh, no, okay. I'm well, sorry. even I disagree with that. No, I'm sorry. Iron Man 2 is way worse. Sorry about that. No, uh, Iron Man 3 does have some uh redeemable qualities. Uh, and and like you mentioned, the, the swerve on the, on the Mandarin, a lot of people have an issue with it. I was okay with it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, like it, it, it probably, I don't know. I don't know. I think he, he played it so well that it would have been great if he was actually the Mandarin. But overall, I thought it was cool. I, I, I still thought it was cool. I love, uh, we finally get uh, the, the heart of Tony and Pepper's relationship. I feel comes into this movie um in the best way and then you know we get to see her pretty much you know i guess you could say you know get her powers or whatever but um overall i liked i like the action in this movie more than i like the actual story uh of it uh the story i think is weak but the action in this movie is kicked up a notch i think it's really cool i love that scene where all the suits come in to help them, I think that's a really sweet visual. Um, it's probably one of the visuals that I uh, that'll stick with this movie for me. Uh, the the actual villain is not is a is a pretty badass villain. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, no, I, oh, he, he, I think his, his his story was actually very interesting. I do I do agree that the whole you know being shunned by the hero then becoming the villain thing is is a is a overused tactic and it is used here and it yeah yeah but i think the villain he becomes is pretty smart and and i like his tactics so 
overall, I'm okay with this movie. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. Comfortably in the middle for me. Nick? I've not seen this one, so. Oh. Yeah, you got This is one of like the five that I have not seen. Uh, you got to get on this one. You're not missing anything. <laughs> Yes, the uh, the best MCU movie. Um, I know Nathan agrees. Um, I don't know. Phoenix agrees. By the way, he's looking at me. Probably not. Um, <laughs> we are talking Avengers: Infinity War. By the way. Yes. Yes. Um, I only have like one nitpick thing, and that's um, Star Lord being a jerk in the whole movie. <laughs> But other than that, it doesn't stop it from being five stars for me. Um, this movie does a great job of balancing all its all its heroes. Um, you know, they they pulled the big uh, the big stakes out when they killed you know half the whole entire universe's population. Obviously, that gets reversed in Endgame, but at the time, it was such like a big um, yeah, we did that moment which mm-hmm. is fantastic. But, you know, all the heroes joined together, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, Doctor Strange. Um, Spider-Man will always be an iconic scene when he asks, who's your master? And he says, what do you want me to say? Jesus. Um, that seems hilarious. But yeah, just such a great balance of power between all the, the heroes. Obviously, Thanos is such a BA in that movie, getting all the Infinity Stones. And the last fight on... Wakanda is is A1. So the best of the best is Infinity War. Phoenix, I know you're going to disagree a tad, so why don't you go ahead? I am going to disagree a tad. Uh, it is the second best MCU movie. Um, and that's only because I have two initial issues with the movie. Uh, one is Thor arriving in Wakanda. I think that is literally just ploy for fan service a little bit too much uh, it's just way too uh, uh, you can you be mad all you want it's just way EO too obvious takes over here it's just way too obvious it's it, yeah I, I didn't care for that um and also i think uh i don't know uh i, I actually really love this movie i really do i think taking it from thanos Thanos' perspective, I think, was the the smart idea and just learning about how malicious and, and but also, like, wise <laughs> this, like, mad titan is, I think, was great. Um, I, I love everything about this story. Uh, like, honest to God, like, and this this is probably a hot take. Uh, even okay. though he, even though he's badass in this movie, and I agree with all of that, uh, Thor is to me has the weakest storyline in this no. movie. Uh, no, no, yeah. no. I'm sorry. I I do. No. I find all of his scenes kind of boring. No. Um, oh my. Except God. for the opening scene, with, but even then, he's not he's not the best part of that scene. I would give that to Heimdall, Loki, and Hulk, which are so much better in that. But 
yeah, to me, Thor is the weaker part of this movie, which I think he's a stronger part in Endgame. So that's the one things I'll disagree with. But overall, Infinity War, just what they did, the way they ended that movie, it, it cannot be touched. It's still one of the most devastating things I've ever seen in a superhero film. So definitely top two MCU. This is in my top 10 for favorite movies of all time. Um, I absolutely adore this movie. I will never forget the way this movie made me feel the first time I saw it. I will never forget the theater opening night the first time I saw it. Um, This movie made me fall in love with opening night movies just because of the reactions and everything like that. Um, I had probably watched the trailer for Infinity War close to 50 times. I was obsessed with it. I could not wait for this movie. Um, And it absolutely delivered on every level from the opening scene to whatever they wanted to do. I was in love with it. I don't quite think it's perfect in the sense that there are a couple tweaks, but it's definitely five stars. It's definitely um, one of my favorite movies ever. And another thing is they were able to take Thanos in his virtually his first movie. Like he has an end credit scene and he has one scene in guardians, but virtually his first movie and make him an iconic villain an all time iconic villain up there with, you know, Darth Vader, Hannibal Lecter, um, and whomever else you, you want to include on that list. Thanos was on that list after virtually one movie. And that's incredible. Incredible. I love telling it from Thanos's perspective. I loved how they brought back red skull and how they killed off Gamora. I could go on forever about this movie. I'm not going to, because we have other things to talk about, but, um, absolutely love Infinity War. I think it is hands down the best MCU movie. <laughs> we will continue to agree to disagree on that. All right, we are talking Thor Ragnarok, and I want to start with Phoenix this time. Okay. Um, this is the. I think you can you you cannot argue this is the best Thor movie. Uh, finally getting Taika Waititi on it, getting uh, an, I don't know, just I don't know what was wrong with the first two Thor movies, but this one they finally just nail it. They get the right tone, they get the right balance of humor and action. Uh, all of the actors in this movie are fantastic. Uh, especially the new additions, Kate Blanchett as Hella. Oh, so, so good. Uh, getting, uh, I was going to call him Billy Butcher. <laughs> uh, but, uh, oh God, I can't even remember his real name. But uh, getting him into it was great. Getting, um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his, her, her name as well. Uh, Tessa Thompson, getting her added to the story. The, learning the story of the Valkyries. Jeff Goldblum, who is insanely good in this movie. I love every part of this movie. I like of all of the MCU films, there are some that have great stakes and, and great stories and great action. To me, and this is why this is a, this may be a hot take, but this is in the top five of the MCU for me. And oh. that's because it is one oh. of the most rewatchable MCU movies. Uh, in my opinion. So Thor Ragnarok to me is, is, is top tier. Nick? 
What do you think? Uh, I like what Phoenix said about bringing Taika Waititi on this project. Something that the the MCU has always been able to do is get these uh, different directors. Um, I think this was a great pick because the first two Thor movies are are not it. Dark World's probably the worst of of the twenty four films, but um you know to just get like a new fresh take is exactly what thor needed as a character thor's a great character when it comes to the team-up movies but until um ragnarok he wasn't really much of of anything solo and you know the inclusion of of hulk bringing you back in i think was fantastic and like phoenix said all the the additions of all the other characters are great um one of my favorite side characters korg He's so cool. <laughs> um, get me like a, a real life Korg. Be hanging out with him all the time. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And, I, a, and a great intro. Immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Definitely. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Thor Ragnarok. I think this really put Taika Waititi on the map as far as like A-list directors. I know he obviously made some other things, but this let him make Jojo rabbit and um, eventually do a star Wars movie here down the line. But I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm a big defender of the original Thor as we'll find out. Cause we'll talk about it here in a moment, but this definitely needed some flair and some flavor or else Thor was probably going to die as a character because no one cared about him. <laughs> I, I loved Mark Ruffalo's Hulk's inclusion. You know, I love Mark Ruffalo as an actor, but I hate Mark Ruffalo Hulk because I don't give him anything to do. He was fun in this movie. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a, a smidge overrated. You know, I still gave it four stars. I still think it's great. Um, but people like Phoenix say that it's top five MCU. And, and I just, I think that's overrated. You can be good and you can be overrated. And I think it is, but Taika definitely delivered um, a refreshing MCU movie. Let us move on. We are down to the final four. (laughs) I will kick kick things off since I just was talking about this movie. We were talking the original Thor. Um, I'm a big defender of this movie, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's the best Thor movie. I gave it three and a half stars, which is a B plus. Um, people make this out like it's awful, and it's really not. I think this is a fun story, uh, you know, with Loki finding out he's a frost giant. And people are quick to forget that other than team-up movies, just for individual storylines, this cast is brilliant. It's brilliant. Forget about Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth because they were relative unknowns at the time. Um, You have Idris Elba, uh, Michelle Feifner, Anthony Hopkins. There's um, obviously Natalie Portman, Stellan Skarsgård. It's insane. It's an insane cast, and I absolutely love it. Um, I don't love this movie necessarily. Of course, there are some problems I have. It's a tad too Shakespearean at times. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm a big defender of this movie, and I think it is the most underrated MCU movie. Mm. Nick, what do you think? Um, this was one of the first few 
that I saw. Um, I talked about this in one of the other MCU videos, but basically my history with the MCU is that Infinity War was one of the first movies that I saw in the MCU, um, funny enough, and then I went back and binge-watched um, all the the important movies before Endgame, and this was one of the first ones that I, I saw, so I really don't remember it. it it, I watched like three or four a day in the last week before Endgame. So a lot of the movies got convoluted. Um, but this one just doesn't really stand out to me. I can't give you like a specific projection on where it would be um, star rating wise or MCU wise. But for me, it just doesn't stand out as of right now. That might change when I watch it again. Um, I just remember it just kind of being okay. Um, but that's that's pretty much all I remember. Yeah. Uh I don't even remember this movie being advertised. Like, again, like I said, I think uh, Civil War was the first time I, I paid attention to trailers and all of that. Um, looking back, because I, I, I too didn't see this when it came out, I had to go back and, and watch it. Uh, and I was like, I was actually really kind of disappointed because I was like, here's this character who's so important in the Avengers and his story is eh like I, I will agree with Nathan on on the cast I think uh definitely having Natalie Portman uh, uh is it Stellan Skarsgård yeah yeah isn't it yeah Stel Stellan Skarsgård uh also I'll Kat Dennings will will get me to watch anything yeah uh, okay. I love Kat Dennings um <laughs> Who uh, is so that? that really moves the needle when yeah. it comes to A-list actors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Thanks for but, clarifying. But you're right on the Shakespearean uh, element, it, which I thought actually was a good element of Thor because it made sense for that character. I think they play it up a little bit too much in this movie, but overall I get it. And I, and I like Thor for what it, does what it sets up for the Avengers, the eventual Avengers movie. So while it's not great, definitely not top tier MCU, I feel like it does what it's supposed to for the future of the MCU. So solid in the middle movie. Alrighty, we are spinning. Down to three more. gonna be this all right it is captain marvel um, nick and i are big defenders of this movie i'm not sure how phoenix feels but i'm gonna throw it to nick to start us off yeah um so this was one of the ones that i have rewatched recently so this is pretty fresh on the brain and and like you said nathan i think we're big defenders of this movie i like brie larson um i like the the de-aged samuel l jackson in this movie as well <laughs> I mean, this this is like the perfect, just kind of like fun movie. I gave it three and a half stars. It's just the perfect, like good movie, a solid movie. I think there's a lot of adventure. There's a lot of uh, discovery, which I think is, is very interesting for Captain Marvel's storyline. Um, I love Samuel Jackson and Goose in this movie. And it kind of like starts off the Avengers project. Um, and is the the second movie in the timeline behind Captain um, 
Captain America, I hope that they go more towards the the kind of past in the future. Um, I feel like it'd be kind of fun to have a lot of uh, older superheroes. That'd be kind of cool. Like, in like the, fill in, in the, the gaps. Yeah, like I feel it would be cool if after all these characters kind of run their course to go back into like the 50s and 60s and kind of have a Avengers of the past, um, whether that's in the comics or not. I don't really care about that. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is just the perfect fun and, and solid movie. There's there's a, a great mix of everything, um, whether you're looking for, for fun, action, adventure, um, story. I think it's, it's all just solid. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with that one as well. I Obviously, after Infinity War, you were wondering how Captain Marvel was going to play a role because we knew she would. And I, I enjoy this movie. Again, I don't think it's a great movie. I just think it's a good movie. And I can't stand when people judge a movie based off what an actor or an actress did and they disagree with their like political views or they find an actor obnoxious so they just don't like their movies. I, I hate that. Like People do that with The Greatest Showman. They are like, oh, well, this is inaccurate of how the guy really was, so I hate the movie. I, I just I, I think that's such a piss poor way of looking at something. And people do this with Brie Larson. They're like, I hate Brie Larson as a person. She aggravates me. She makes my blood boil. So I hate Captain Marvel. Um, really? That's that's kind of lame. So I think that has a lot to do with why people despise this movie. Um, I think Ben Mendelsohn is one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood. I'm not saying he deserves an Oscar or anything like that, but it's so much fun to see Ben Mendelsohn pop up in the MCU. I get excited anytime I see him. Um, I think his character as Talos is perfect. Obviously that is going to go mean uh, a lot to the MCU moving forward with the scrolls. And of course, I think there are some, some inconsistencies as far as the Captain Marvel storyline. I don't think it's perfect, but it's a good fun movie. And that end credit scene where they are analyzing um, Nick Fury's pager, that is an excellent end credit scene. Uh, so I haven't seen this movie since uh, it came out in theaters. And um, so maybe upon rewatch, my, my feelings on it will be a little different. But I just felt like at the time that it came out, this movie had way too much to do like way, way, way too much to do in, in just like a two hour, I think it's like two hours and 14 minutes like of a runtime. It, it just had way too much to do. You had to reestablish um, the time period. You had to introduce the scrolls. You had to introduce this war. You had to introduce a new character, actually several new characters. You had to tie it into the greater MCU story. It was just a lot. It was a lot to do. So I feel like they didn't really do all of that. Like, I feel like they did just enough of each. Um, so to me, that's that's where it kind of fell apart was this. There was too much to do and only one movie to do it in, in, in the time between this and I believe uh, Endgame. So yes. it was just like, yeah, it was a little bit too much. Um, other than that, I thought it was actually a lot of fun. I uh, I do I 
while I'll admit Brie Larson wouldn't have been my first choice for Captain Marvel, I still think she did a pretty good job. Um, I don't know. I, I probably would be higher on it if the movie just was able to nail a few elements um, a little bit better. I was super, super over the moon it, uh, thrilled with Lashana Lynch's performance. Um, I, I, I'm a, I became a big fan of hers in this movie. Uh, not crazy about Goose. I, I did not like that storyline at all. Wasn't crazy about Samuel Jackson's mm. performance. What? Uh, yeah, it was it was all just sort of I don't know. It it felt like he's gotten a little bit too comfortable in the MCU to where he's he's playing more of himself instead of playing Nick Fury and it just became well, a bit noticeable in this movie. So, that's all. I mean, he, I think solidly it's got some decent moments. The action in it is not great in my opinion. There's not a lot of great action in it um and the story is muddled and again like they just had way too many things to do at one time so like for me this is this is okay it's a it's a fairly decent movie i would be very interested in seeing what they do with her sequel but overall not super high on it here's my question to you phoenix because i feel like this is like what nathan was touching on um like so many people just like you said, Nathan, don't like Brie Larson in this role, but, like, who else would you have rather had? Like, I just don't see anybody else. Um, I would have... Because I feel like when this came out, so many people were bitching about Brie Larson. I mean, I, I, I never, I never subscribed to that. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, over the moon about the pick because I wasn't familiar with her work as much. The only movie of hers that I had seen was Room, and she was great in that, but I was like, I wasn't sure if that was... A, a decent enough lead-in into Captain Marvel, but um, I personally, I, I would have loved it if the role had gone to Jennifer Lawrence. That would have been uh, my personal pick. But, I can see that. Yeah, but other than that, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with her as an actress or anything. I think she she's fine. I think she really came into the character, sadly, in Endgame, which was actually shot before <laughs> Captain Marvel, but um I don't know. I'm interested to see what they where they go with the character, but overall, I think she did a solid job. It it probably just needs a better script. Yeah, and I I do want to say like a wrap up thought on this movie is that I'm fine with Goose the Cat. I think it was a fun little addition. I do want to say though that the way that uh, Nick Fury gets his eye patch yeah. is Goose scratches his eye. That is so cringe. That is terrible. That is so <laughs> cringe, and that is easily yeah. one of the worst things about the MC. No, it is. Like it, it really he's is. supposed to be this badass, and in one of the earlier movies, he's like, "I wronged someone once, or I trusted someone," and it, it, it's, it's cringe. It's dumb. Goose the cat is great overall, but that moment is dumb. Yeah. We have two left. All right, two of the good ones. All right, this will be fun. It is Guardians of the Galaxy, and yeah. I want to let Phoenix go ahead with this one. All right, so um, I am going to be in the minority here. Um, I like this movie. I think the second one is better. Uh, <laughs> but, so while I do, I, I love this movie because it introduces the Guardians. The Guardians are great. Uh we talked perfect casting once before. I think this entire cast is perfectly casted. Uh, Vin Diesel as Groot, 
Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Chris Pratt as, as Star-Lord, Zoe Saldana as Gamora. It all works. It all works. And they even Dave Bautista, it works. Everyone fits these roles tremendously. I think this script is insanely good. It is super funny. It is really poignant. I love how they, these are the first characters that we're introduced to that take place outside of the uh, void of New York. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're in space. They have a completely different story to tell. I think they're a perfect introduction into that, into the Nova Corps. Uh, so many exciting elements come from the Guardians. So I love this. I love this first movie. The only thing that I truly hate, and this this is probably this is probably a, a hot take, but the whole dance off at the end, I just hate that. <laughs> it, it's just, I just hate it. I don't know why. It's so cheesy, so tacky. It fits with his character, but it, I just hate it. <laughs> but over the other than that, love the movie. Love uh, Thanos's introduction. That scene that he has in Guardians is by far my favorite scene in the entire movie. And it doesn't even involve the Guardians. But that scene, that speech that he gives is haunting. One of my favorite scenes ever. Um, yeah, overall, I love this movie, but it's uh, it's not one of my favorites. Yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from on that. Um, I am with you on the dance-off. I think that's pretty cringe as well. <laughs> I do not enjoy that. That's pretty dumb and really uh, embodies my biggest problem with the MCU, which is they're getting too little kiddish and yeah. no consequences and way too little kiddish. Um, but anyway, uh, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy. People forget how risky this project is. Oh, yeah. Like a giant raccoon or a giant tree that only says three words, <laughs> a raccoon, um, someone who is only green that takes hours to paint this actress green and a MMA or wrestler who's never acted before. <laughs> yeah. It's a very risky project and it, it completely worked out. Um, James Gunn had a great vision and this is a great movie. This is one of the best MCU movies. Nick. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I, re I retract my earlier statement when I said infinity war was the first movie. MCU movie that I saw. This was actually the first MCU movie that I saw. I saw this when it first came out before I even knew what the MCU was. I think I just went with some friends um, in high school. But, you know, like Nathan said, this was such a risk, not only because of the cast and, and the characters, but I believe that the Guardians play such a minor role in the comics that they're, they're so small characters in the comics but they have such a big role in the MCU. Um, like Nathan, shocker, shocker. This is one of my favorite non, I would, I would say this is a non team up movie, even though there's like a, <laughs> a team. Um, I still consider the guardians of the galaxy as one entity. Um, but yeah, this is a, a movie that has a lot of fun. It's very important when it comes to the overarching story of the MCU. And if somebody were to ask like, what are the top like two most important films other than um you know the team up movies i'd probably say this one is one of the most important ones um just with the the infinity stones and, and thanos and the other blue guy with the big hammer right um, yeah roman 
just a, a great movie and one that I haven't seen in a while, but I can't wait to, to rewatch it. I feel yeah. like that's a trend. So the final movie for the MCU on it? MCU wheel, <laughs> we are spinning, even though there's only one left. Um, it is Doctor Strange, the final movie we will be talking about. Um, Phoenix loves well, this I'll, movie. I'll start. But you go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, I've not seen this movie. So that takes my, my chips out of the game. Well, Phoenix, why don't you kick <laughs> us off? Okay. Uh, Nick, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to definitely watch this movie. Uh, when I've, when I, this is actually after I, had, I bought into the MCU. I really did. I was all the way in and I was like, I, I'm going to watch every MCU movie. And then this one came out and I was like, yeah, I'm going to skip that. <laughs> I just had no interest in it. And then I think, uh, I don't remember which movie, I think it was probably Infinity War was getting ready to come out. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. So I went back and I watched it and I was like, whoa, like Doctor Strange blew me away. I was like, I was thoroughly impressed with this movie. I just was not expecting it to be as good as it was, was not expecting it to be as visually stimulating as it is. The, the world that they create for Doctor Strange is so different from any other uh, Avenger, any other MCU character. I love this movie. I, I, I think it's, it's fantastic. Uh, this is a top 10 movie for me uh dr strange goes super hard i i cannot wait wait to see the multiverse of madness uh dr strange the first one is incredible i hope they do right by this character because they set up such an interesting world i i really want to see where this goes there's a couple perfect perfect castings inside of this movie Mm -hmm. And that starts with Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. I think he just embodies this arrogant kind of jerk Mm -hmm. that eventually becomes humbled and can be the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, The other casting that I think is just absolutely perfect is Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. I just think that works. She literally, as an actress, just looks like she is old and wise and (laughs) can teach you many things about the mystic arts um it's also just a a visually pleasing film it's wonderful the graphics are gorgeous maybe the best looking mcu film um and i like the origin story i do i do think it's smushed through the mcu template a little bit it's a little too similar to iron man as far as like being humbled and um things like that but at the end of the day it's still a fun movie i'm not crazy about the villain um, I don't even remember his name. I think it's played by um, um, Mads Mickelson. Yes, mm-hmm. Mads Mick. Wait, isn't that the guy from Iron Man too? Oh no, that's Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I get that. I get them confused. Um, Mads Mickelson. Not crazy about his villain. I think he's just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited for what the sequel brings. Obviously, everything it's about. I hope they tie in. Um, Chid Edifor. I, I do not know how to say his name. Two Yes, but he he's got a compelling character arc, so I hope they bring him back. Um, Doctor Strange is a good movie, not a great one. 
So All right. Nick, whenever you get the chance, please watch it. <laughs> All right. That Will do. concludes our MCU wheel. Ooh, we finally did it. <laughs> or if this was your first time listening to the MCU wheel, go ahead and check out some of our previous episodes where we covered the entirety of the MCU over three episodes through this spinning wheel. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to do this again with a, another franchise. Yeah. yeah maybe when Phoenix, uh, maybe when Phoenix actually watches franchises. I'll will eventually. <laughs> we should do this with like actors or, or just random movies. That'd be fun. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure All it right. out. So All right. sweet. I believe it's that time. It is time for film code. Nathan, you had the code word this week. Uh, remind everyone what your code word was and all of your clues, please. Yes. Well, while I'm pulling that up, I just wanted to say that I am in the lead and I hope to keep my lead um, <laughs> after last week. So here is my code word. And I actually watched this film last night, so I'm looking forward to hearing what these guys have to say. My code word was murder. Uh, the first clue was that it was from 2003 to 2009. Uh, the second clue was the lead in this film has won Best Actor at the Oscars. We love Oscars here. Um, and the main co-star has uh, is the lead in a movie that appears on my top eight favorite films which is on my letterbox so these guys had to go check out my letterbox see my top favorite favorite films and investigate so not only tell me the movie but tell me how you went about researching this Mm. phoenix i'll start with you oh okay so uh i tried one tactic uh i believe the first one i was um looking up murder mystery movies or whatever and I was like, you know what? I'm not finding anything that way. So when you said uh, top eight of your uh, favorite film, so I went that route, yeah. which took even longer <laughs> because okay. I was like, uh, I was trying to find an actor who was a lead actor. I was trying to find an, uh, an Oscar winner. I was trying to find movies that fit in that time frame. It was all over the place. Uh, so... I, I took a shot in the dark. I hope this is right. I ended up watching this movie, and I gotta say, I I I, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure if it fits, but we'll see. So that was 2009's "The Men Who Stare at Goats." Uh, it stars. Oh, <laughs> I know what that is. That's a yeah, book. It stars uh, George Clooney and Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, who was uh, uh, the lead in. Uh, Star Wars. So one of the Star Wars movies, and that's how I came to that conclusion. So, and George Clooney is an, a lead actor who has won uh, Best Actor. So, okay, that was that was how I came to that conclusion. So, The Men Who Stare at Goats, not a very highly rated movie, but I enjoyed it. It was okay. So that's my pick for the code word. Well. Good research. I will say that uh, Revenge of the Sith in my top eight, Ewan McGregor is not the lead. Hayden Christensen is. So you should have known from that. But um, 
So that is not it, in case that was Nick's guess. Nick, <laughs> why don't you go ahead? That is not my guess. So um, just like Phoenix, I went straight to the favorite films list, um, went through each lead. Um, it's actually easier to do it on the computer because you can go year by year. Um, so it probably took me like 30 minutes to do that, go through lead. There's obviously Christian Bale. There's Ryan Gosling. There's Robert Downey Jr. There's Hayden Christensen. There's another Christian Bale. There's Jack Nicholson. Um, so I eliminated Jack Nicholson and Robert Downey Jr. Um, just because of they weren't in that much. Obviously, I also uh, axed Hayden Christensen too. So that was left down to let me just make sure that I yeah. So that got my list down to Christian uh, Bale. Christian Bale. <laughs> Um, oh, and Max McConaughey, too. Forgot yeah. about him. Um, so I was down to those three. Oh, and Tom Hanks, but I, I eventually didn't find out anything about Tom Hanks. Went through Christian Bale, didn't find anything. Went through uh, Matthew McConaughey, didn't find anything. And that is when I stumbled upon my man, Ryan Gosling. Um, he is in a movie, takes place in 2007. With another of my man, Anthony Hopkins, who won Best Actor for one of my favorites, Silence of the Lambs. So that movie is Fracture. That All right. is what I came upon. And Pretty it just weird. seems like a movie that Nathan would watch. All right. Well, are you confident in that answer? <laughs> I'm, I'm, pr- I'm okay. All right. Well, I'm not even mad that my lead has been given up. Wow. Because yes. Nick got it. <laughs> I found like three other movies, and then upon further inspection, the lead in your favorite films was the lead in that movie as well. This was one of the only movies that I could find where the lead in your favorite movie was not the lead, and that was one of the clues. Good. Well, I'm glad that I, I feel like the clues I gave were were pretty good. And not too easy, but demanded some research. So good job. Um, Fracture was the film. Nick and I are now tied. I'm not even mad. I'm happy for you for getting it. I watched Fracture last night. I think that's two in a row for me. Wow. (laughs) I I watched Fracture last night. It was pretty solid. I think this is another one of these movies that's good, not great. Did did some things very well. And also did some things that I was like, eh, not crazy about. Um, I think I gave it a B plus overall, but nonetheless, I'm very happy that you got it. This had been on my watch list for a while. So I threw it off my watch list when you guys, when I gave it. So Nick and I are now tied. Phoenix is way behind us and we'll never catch up. (laughs) Um, Yes, that's great. So congrats. That's great. I don't know about that. (laughs) Oh, man. So Nathan and Nick both have five. I have three. Brandon has two. This is uh, it's not looking good for us. I can't believe this is uh, this is happening. So uh, it is my code word. This oh no, it's Brandon's. Technically, Brandon, Brandon will, will be here next week. Yeah, Brandon will be joining us next week. So it is his code word. Thank goodness, because I didn't have one. <laughs> so we will get that from him next week. Uh, Great job today, guys. Super fun. And uh, Nick, let everybody know where they can find you. 
Yes, you can find me at Nick Spain on Letterboxd. You can uh, see my official quote-unquote hot take, my one of 80, um, one of 180 people who think that um, his house is one star. Be uh, <laughs> watching a bunch of Hallmark movies coming up soon. Uh, Nathan and I will be watching our best 100 movie posters separately. So be prepared to see that and also be prepared to see a lot of 2010s Best Picture noms. One of my goals in my letterbox life is to watch all movies nominated for Best Picture starting in 1927 all the way to whenever I currently finish. So keep out for those three things. Uh, happy to be, be tied for the lead. That's crazy. All right. <laughs> and Nathan, where can everybody find you, man? You can find me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig. Follow along with all my all my movie takes. Um, if you're a bot, please don't follow me because I've gotten a lot of those today. Um, yeah, yes. make sure you follow the show over on Twitter at Film Code Pod. We love to interact with you guys. We do a ton of things to keep you involved within the film community. We'd love to talk with you guys and fellow film fans. Yeah, just appreciate you listening to the show. We've done a ton of side segments, one on The Mandalorian. We'll do weekly episodes on The Mandalorian. We've done side segments. There's plenty of content if this is your first time listening to us. If this is not your first time listening to us, you already know how much great content we have. And just want to thank you guys again for listening. Absolutely. And we got to get up out of here. But I have been Phoenix Cloudin. And you can find me on Twitter at IMHOReviews1. That's the number one. And on letterbox under pa cloudin again like nathan just said please follow us on twitter at film code pod we love interacting with you guys we got a bunch a bunch of new stuff coming up coming down the pipe so it's gonna be exciting uh thank you guys again for uh being up today and and bringing a great show super excited for what we got next next week and uh super excited for mank absolutely so we'll see you guys next time Peace.